Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Aaron, and you're listening to the Hangin' with Haney podcast show. On today's episode, I got to sit down with traveling nurse Madeline Stoll to talk about her experience as a nurse, and especially as a traveling nurse, during COVID-19. We got to talk about what is a traveling nurse, as well as what are some of the things that the medical profession as a whole is experiencing during this global pandemic. We also get into some other topics, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. So here it is. Hope you enjoy. All right, so today I'm joined by Miss Madeline Stoll. Madeline, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah, so you, we, you and I, we were put in touch by a mutual friend of mine and acquaintance of yours, my friend Eliza, so very thankful to her for putting us in touch. I thought it would be good to talk to someone who is a nurse, someone who is working in the medical profession, especially during this time. But kind of before we get into the main subjects for today, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Madeline? Sure. So I grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida. And then when I was about eight, I moved to Chicago. And I've pretty much been there ever since I started travel nursing about almost three years ago. I'm the middle of seven children. Oh, wow. I'm surrounded (laughs) by five brothers. So I'm an athlete. and Nice. uh, Sports were big in our household, um, as well as medical professionals. Um, I have a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses in my family. So it's sort of natural that I've come to be in the profession I am today. Yeah, nice, nice. And you said you were an athlete. What kind of uh, athleticism do you participate in? Oh, that's a good question. Well, in high school, I was a big basketball player. Our whole family played mm. basketball. There we we're go. pretty tall. Yeah, we got a little uh, dirt. <laughs> I'm wearing my San Antonio Spurs shirt right now. There for you those go. Of you can see. So, amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, uh, so basketball. Yeah. Basketball. We played a lot of baseball, softball, um, running, soccer. A couple mm. brothers played football. You name it. We, we, we were just outside all the time. My mom would just kick us out and we'd go play whatever we could outdoors. So, nice. And I believe you're still into running. Is that correct? I am, especially now, yeah. Nice, nice. It's a good way to get out of the house and get, stay active. So I definitely, I myself am a runner, so I, I love it, love it. So, well, Madeline, here, getting into today's discussion, I kind of wanted, like I said, to bring you on to get someone's, someone who is a medical professional, get their perspective on what's going on in the medical sphere right now and you you do not currently work with COVID-19 patients is that correct correct yes but you are a traveling nurse is that right yes yeah and what what is a traveling nurse for those who who may not be familiar with that profession sure sure so I started off um, in pediatrics I've been a nurse for about eight years now and I worked at a little hospital in Chicago called La Robita, very long-term children. Um, and I did that for about five years and I was just getting a little restless. And I've had a few friends who have jumped into travel nursing. 
And so I started looking into it and it's basically a temporary contracted nurse. And so we work through agencies and they place us in different hospitals around the U.S. and even the world, but mostly the U.S. And we'll work in different hospitals that need us to temporarily fill a spot for a nurse. So mostly for nurses on maternity leave for three months or when they're training new nurses, it takes about three months to train these new nurses. So we usually come on um, new hospitals. It's very quick training, maybe like a day or two. And you got to hit the ground running. And then we'll usually do about three months of a contract and then we can extend up into a year. So I'm not the best traveler in the world. I tend to stay for a year because I love making friends in new cities and building community. So I tend to stay. Um, But yeah. Nice. And where, where have you traveled as a nurse, as a nurse? So after Chicago, I started in Seattle and I did burn trauma at a level one trauma center, uh, Harborview mm. Medical Center. I did that for a year and got certified in burns. And then I was in Orange County for a couple months and I would float around to different units. And then most recently, I just came from Stanford's pediatric heart transplant. Mm. Uh, we did a lot of um, little kids with heart surgeries and that was really eye-opening. I love that. And then now I am currently at St. David's North in Austin. I was in pediatrics, um, but with everything going on, I had to make a jump, but I'll tell you about that later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. No, that's great. And, uh, how many, how long have you been a traveling nurse for now? How many years has it been? It's been almost three. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And also too, um, to all to you and to all medical professionals out there thank you so much uh, for the work that you do helping people uh, especially those dealing with ailments or physical you know impairments so just wanted to say thank you from all of us especially during this time thanks Aaron as most of us would say we're just doing our job but we appreciate (laughs) the thanks yes yes um and so how how as a traveling nurse in particular not really getting too much into like the whole medical profession but as a traveling nurse how has the current COVID-19 situation impacted you and impacted maybe other traveling nurses yeah so it's actually impacted us a lot Mm. especially um, in my field as pediatrics we have a lot of children staying home um, from school and daycare and they're not out doing crazy things they're not getting injured so we're not seeing children come into the hospital near as much as they used to almost non-existent and so even at our hospital we've shut down the pediatric unit for a little while we shut down the pediatric icu and it was hard on they let a lot of us travel nurses go um and it was quite a scary time to sort of be thrown into, I know a lot of people are losing their jobs right now and I can only empathize. It's really scary. But I think I never thought it would happen to me as a nurse, especially with a medical crisis going on. Mm -hmm. But because we're so specialized, um, they didn't need us. And so um, a couple of my friends have gone to New York to sort of jump into things there. And I was sort of geared up to do that, but I um, sort of jumped ahead of the curve and was able to, um, get into the neonatal ICU here. And oh. so they're very quickly training me in that to, uh, to help them out. And it's, it's been scary because it's a very new specialty and it's very intense. 
-hmm. but also very exciting and something I've sort of always wanted to get into. So it's provided me with that opportunity. But um, for all the nurses that are losing their jobs because of this, it's it's a really unstable time for travel nurses because they're not part of the hospital. We're not really protected. We are part of these agencies, but they can't really do much. Um, So that's been really tough. And then I've had friends that are nurses too in Chicago that are, one of my friends was deployed from the cath lab to the ICU. They literally used the terms deployed because she had ICU experience. And so she had no choice in the matter and had to just jump in. And it was really hard for her. And it's been really hard on a lot of nurses. Um, So as much as they're helping and uh, this profession is great, it's, it's definitely been a hard time for everyone. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just one of the things that, you know, when we had spoken a little prior to this interview, you had mentioned that there's nurses who essentially aren't being hired or aren't, you know, coming on. And that just seems a little ludicrous to me. And I think a lot of people out there, because you would think the hospitals could use all the help they could get. Why would they be turning them away? You know, so to hear you say that is, is, kind of crazy. And again, I think you, you said it's kind of chalked up to just, is it experience or, you know, because traveling nurses, you know, they may have to be brought up to speed or, you know, again, could you, do you, could you maybe explain a little bit more into why that is? Yeah. So with the COVID patients now, especially the ones that are ventilated, um, they really require ICU adult experience Mm -hmm. and it is a specialty. And so I've heard of a lot of stories with other friends that they're quickly training certain people to jump up to that ICU experience to work with these adults that are very critically ill. Mm. Um, yeah. So if you, if you don't have that experience, it's pretty dangerous jumping yeah. into something like that. And um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of nurses out there and with that specialty they need for COVID um, all the, um, surgeries that are elect surgeries are being Mm. canceled Mm -hmm. so even doctors are going through a hard time with this and not able to perform the surgeries they normally do for business and all that so you would think that we'd all be used but it really comes down to certain specialties and needs in different states and cities and all that too wow yeah and also real quick i wanted to get your uh, opinion you know there's there's been a lot of stories out there about nursing schools you know those nursing students who are in kind of the final credits of of their time uh, as a student are essentially kind of being deployed um have have you heard anything about like their experience or you know maybe what is what is your take on this how do what do you think their they're going through as new nurses who, you know, are just kind of thrown into this situation. It is so hard sometimes to jump into new experiences and new, new hospitals, new specialties. I happen to have a little bit of a a knack at doing that, um, which is why I really enjoyed this travel nursing gig. Um, But with this eight years of nursing, I've, I come with a lot of confidence And I remember first graduating from nursing school and my confidence was so low and it is very hard to be deployed and jump right into that right out of nursing school because you have nothing to really base your confidence off of. You haven't had a job. You haven't grown in that experience on your own without someone sort of holding your hand and guiding you. Mm -hmm. So that to me is terrifying because I I don't even think a nurse should really work just one year and go travel nurse. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really need that confidence of having the experience and the stability of a normal job before jumping into something pretty mm-hmm. critical. Um, I, these are strange times and I understand that maybe that needs to happen, but from my experience, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it would be for anyone. And I think, you know, in terms of, you think of, of students just in general, you know, you know, not just take up nursing just from it, students in general entering into the real world to their first jobs for the first time. I mean, that's nerve wracking, I think for anyone, but especially in the face of a global crisis. I mean, it is, it, it must be super scary, but I mean, yeah, their, their bravery um, and just all the medical professionals' bravery during this time uh, is actually quite inspiring, I think. It really is. I'm proud of them. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And now, Madeline, um, you had kind of talked to me a little bit about another situation you would run into, not just with nurses not being able to, you know, find positions at a hospital, but also a little trouble with uh, housing and I believe with Airbnbs. Could you share a little bit of that? Yeah, I've had a few friends um, get kicked out of their Airbnbs because they're renting a room and so they don't live Mm -hmm. alone. So they'll be going to work and coming home and people are scared that they're going to bring the virus with them, Mm. which to some, I mean, it depends on what patient population they're working with and if they're exposed to COVID and yeah. People have to understand it's, it's going to spread in a lot of ways. You could be almost more at risk going to the grocery store than going to the hospital these days, depending on what areas you're working in. And, and so I think people, the fear is pretty strong and people were really scared to be living with a nurse. So a lot of them um, were getting kicked out of Airbnbs. I even heard some horror stories of some nurses sleeping in their cars. Oh my traveling gosh. Nurses, if their contracts were continued, but they couldn't find housing. Um, so pretty, pretty scary. Um, I mean, I, I almost notice it even, I mean, even with my own family, mm. I have nephews and, and nieces that live here and it scared my brother that I was a nurse. And so even when this was all first started, he was like, I don't think you should see the kids with, and I totally agree with him. I mean, the fear is very strong and it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, but there is a stigma with nurses. So as much as people are like, Oh, we respect you, but we're scared of you because you could very well be carrying the virus. Um, so it's, it's been very interesting, um, to sort of work with that. And even today running on the trail, a lady stopped me and we were chatting, you know, much more than six feet away. And, um, I had mentioned I was a nurse and she sort of took a little step back and I explained I was working with neonatal babies. And as far as I know, none of them have COVID. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it, it was sort of, it is a little bit, it's interesting. I'd be curious to see if this continues a little bit after this is over a little bit of a a fear and a stigma of healthcare workers um, being more more of carriers, which in some cases we are, depending mm. on the populations we're working with, because we do work with very sick people. But but uh, yeah, it's been sort of strange. Yeah. Wow. And again, just like the idea of you know hospitals not hiring maybe nurses and doctors to now again, it's like the people who are putting themselves on the front lines of, of this global pandemic are also kind of feared because of that. And yeah, I imagine that's, that's got to be hard um, for everyone. And so, you know, I'm very, I apologize. I'm sorry for that, you know, you and maybe others have experienced that. And again, just want to reiterate just how much appreciation we have. It's not, it's definitely 
I wouldn't say it's a thankless job, but it's definitely just, it's, it's hard. It is a, it's a difficult job to have right now. Definitely. But yeah. I'm blessed to have a job. There's, there's many that don't. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, oh man, well, I, yeah, and we, we hope that, you know, your colleagues and your friends, hopefully they'll be able to find some type of housing um, and some time of work uh, during this time. So, and I guess now kind of speaking a little bit more to the medical profession as a whole, um, what kind of effect have you seen or heard of uh, this, this virus having on it? Interesting question. So I think there's just a fear of the unknown that I'm really seeing, even in the hospital. Different doctors have different opinions. Different nurses have different opinions. We know certain facts, but not all the facts. And I I think the fear is probably the worst thing right now is just not knowing Mm. how to control this. We don't have a vaccine. We're working on it, but we don't have one right now. Is it going to come back? It's spreading quick. Is it going to spread quicker? Mm. And I think, I think that's been the worst is that even though we're medical professionals, like we don't even really entirely know what's going on. And, but in a way it's, it's been nice to be able to go to work and have that camaraderie at work um, among my colleagues and the doctors there. And everyone seems a little bit closer at work. It's very interesting. There's just a sense of trust of, Hey, we're all here. We're all here to do our best. We, you know, we're all working together. We we don't entirely know what's going on, but at least we sort of have each other to work through this with. Um, And that, that's been a really positive impact, I think, on the way we've been working. Um, I've been hearing from other friends that it, in the COVID ones that are right in the, in the ICUs, it's been almost the opposite effect where it is just mayhem and people are like so high stress that it's just you know, not helping with uh, work relationships and, and it's been really hard on them. So it really also depends on certain environments um, and, you know, where you're at in that profession. But I I mean, good and bad is going to come from this for sure. But it's in my experience, it's, it's been nice to go into work and and work with all these people. Yeah, yeah, no. And that's, I guess, a question that had been on my mind and uh, some of my friends' minds who I actually have a few friends who are currently nursing students and they were curious and they wanted me to ask you about the relationship, I think, particularly between maybe like doctors and nurses, because I, I don't know very much about this. I'm not sure how much they know, but that there might be usually apart from COVID, a little bit of a uh, tension between two. And, uh, and hearing you, you giggle slightly may, may make me believe that there, it might be a little bit more than just a small tension. Um, but they were wondering, yeah, whether or not this would kind of bring people together a little bit in a sense of greater unity or not. And would you say you've seen that? Oh, yeah. So I've always noticed there's always been a little bit of a divide between doctors and nurses, Mm -hmm. mostly because we have such different roles and the doctors are prescribing and they're making all the calls. And then the nurse just happens to be with the patient a little more Mm -hmm. so we can really get to know the patients. And so in that regard, like a doctor might order something and a nurse may be like, well, I don't agree because I've been with this patient a lot. I'm, you know, 
I seem to know them. And then the doctor's like, well, I'm the doctor. I'm prescribed, you know, I'm ordering this, I'm prescribing this. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of tension like that. And actually, especially in my travel nurse experience, it's been my goal to try to help that relationship because mm. if it works really well, it is like an unstoppable team. If that nurse and that doctor get along and they are working together, especially with residents too, and I've seen some nurses not be so nice to residents, it, it, it can really affect a patient's care if we're not working together uh, to really help them and have a, you know, a really positive and like overall goal of helping the patient in need and sort of putting differences aside and pride aside and I actually started a little uh, workout program in all the hospitals I go to. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I call it, um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of it right now. But basically, we call it like every hour on the hour workouts. And <laughs> we great. do squats or we'll do wall sits. And usually the doctors or the providers will jump along with us. They'll see us nurses sort of having fun doing some sort of silly exercise every hour. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of been helping the camaraderie, just making things a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. And then exercise is just important. It keeps our mind sharp, keeps you a little more awake, keeps adrenaline going. Um, and it helps us get through these 12 and a half, sometimes 13 hour days. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's been a big goal of mine because I've, I've seen it more than I would like to, Aaron. I would love to put an end to it because it really can affect patient care if we're not getting along or we're not seeing eye to eye. Mm-hmm. We're at least trying to work really well with each other in a kind manner. So yeah, that is very true. And yeah, with, with this whole COVID situation, I haven't noticed anything too much, but with what I was saying, I think maybe a little bit more, which is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And obviously these are unprecedented times. And so there's definitely going to be a lot of stress. And so obviously, you know, like you had mentioned those in the ICU, it's just, day in and day out, that that can be hard on anyone. But I am glad to hear that, you know, throughout this, there's people like you and, and many others out there who are trying to bring greater unity um, and foster that community with one another. Um, so that's awesome. That is awesome. Now, have you gotten into TikTok during this time at all, Madeline? There's there's a a TikTok doctor, I believe, kind of that's been buzzing around and uh, different hospital groups that are, are submitting dance numbers and whatnot. Have, have you uh, experienced any of this firsthand? No, my cousins have been sending me TikTok. I'm a little bit of an old soul and I'm not <laughs> entirely in, um, in the loop with all of this, but... I have seen some of the doctor nurses like TikToks. Yeah. We are so slammed in the neonatal ICU right now. It's so busy that I don't even think any of us have had time. Yeah. But it probably, I mean, it probably could be a little fun booster to throw yeah. something like that in there. But no, not personally. I've not witnessed it. I'm sure they're having a lot of fun though. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's just, at, at least that, you know, during this hard time, it's good to see that people are still trying to keep spirits high and have fun, you know, while they can. So, yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll start seeing a few dance numbers uh, in your, in your neonatal group. I would not hate that. (laughs) Yeah. But I also wanted to touch on something that you mentioned and you talked about how, you know, nurses get to spend a good amount of time with the patients usually. However, given the nature of this time, in terms of safety and in terms of just volume of patients, nurses 
aren't getting to spend much time with with their patients as they normally would. What kind of effects have you maybe heard about or what kind of insight could you maybe give me on how that would affect a nurse's, you know, psyche or their their usual state of being? Yeah, I think it's even more than that. Um, I've heard from one of my best friends who works in the ICU um, over in Northwestern and they're just limiting time to like how long they are in the room with these COVID patients. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they are so gowned up. N95s, a mask over that N95, gowns, gloves. It's, it's a little sad because it's some of these patients, if they're dying, it's a little inhuman to have all this on and they can't have visitors. And gosh, I can only imagine with the psyche how painful and how hard that is. Um, I've just been really talking to that nurse and I'm like, man, I, all we can really do is pray for those patients and really hope they have comfort, you know, on their deathbed. And it's, it sounds like it's pretty tough on both the nurse and the patient, um, trying to get what you have to get done in a short amount of time and not really being able to build that relationship that we're so used to building with our patients because you have to get in and you have to get out. And there's so much stress on these units right now. And gosh, I, I haven't experienced too much of that, but from what I'm hearing from them, it, it sounds pretty bad and it's, it's going to have some effects on I think both the nurse and the patients. Um, yeah. Well, God bless, you know, both of them because yeah, that's, it's, it's tough. I, I can, I can imagine this must be very difficult. Um, but also too, kind of as, as you brought it up and, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, was your faith and you're Roman Catholic, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, and um, same here. And so I just kind of want to know, you know, however much you're comfortable sharing with this is like, how has this crisis impacted your faith and your faith life? And also too, like, what role does your faith play in the work that you do? Yeah. So Aaron, you know what, when I moved to Austin in January from San Francisco, I, I usually, when I move to a new place, we'll say like a novena or do some kind of prayer for Mm. gosh, it's usually to find good friends or my future husband or something like that. (laughs) But for some reason, when I moved to Austin, I was like, you know what, God, Holy spirit, everyone, um, help me grow closer in my faith here. Help me to really, um, sort of slow down and take life, uh, with the traveling life, you can, it's a really go, go, go life. And that's sort of my personality anyways. And so I really wanted to like slow down and be more intentional about my faith and more intentional with friends and all of that. And I had started to do that already when I got to Austin, but boy, when this hit it, it's a horrible, horrible thing to happen. And it's been really hard, but in a way it's sort of been what I prayed for to really slow down. Mm. Um, and I've met so many wonderful people here and I'm part of like so many groups. And with, with this, I've been able to, a friend of mine started in an, like an endow women's group that I've been a part of on Thursdays. I'm joining my Bible study still in San Francisco on Monday nights via zoom. Wow. Um, so all of these things remotely, I can sort of jump into and it's interesting. I, um, I go to daily mass when I can. Mm-hmm. And not being able to go to mass has been so hard. Yeah. But in a weird way, I think it's already made me appreciate the sacraments more. 
and mm. really think about, well, like, why do I go to daily mass? Is it just because my grandma and mom used to go and that was sort of camaraderie with us? Or is it really making me a better person and helping me grow in my faith? And during this time, it's really sort of in um, having that deprivation of that. It's really made me think a little harder and maybe dive in a little deeper to why I'm doing things. And I started reading the Bible with a friend and I, I, I mean, we're Catholics. <laughs> we struggle with the Bible a little bit, but <laughs> I've wanted to do that. And I have time for that now and extra reading and it's, it's funny in a way, but it's made me slow down mm. and really be more intentional about things, which I think has only helped my faith. And um, what you had mentioned, definitely, I love bringing my faith into work. And it was pretty hard on the West Coast to really bring up faith a lot. Um, it's definitely a little easier in Texas, which is nice. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> Gotta, but, it's God's country. Gotta love it's it. God's, I know. Oh. <laughs> it's been so nice. But it was, in a way, um, it's something that's so important to me that I have trouble not bringing it up. And mm. you'd be surprised at how many people are receptive if you bring it up in just a very casual way. And so I've taken to, even at work, someone will ask me like, Hey, you want to go get a beer after work on a Sunday? And I'm like, my answer is no, I have to go to mass at UT at eight mm. after work on Sundays. Um, and before I might've been like, Oh, I'm busy. I can't, I'll meet up with you later. But now just being a little more intentional about just being honest about what I'm doing. And I've had a couple friends be like, Oh, can I come with you? Or and it's been really actually nice to see that. Um, and then also to just trying to do things for, for God and doing the little things at work. And um, I was reading the story of a soul a while back about St. Therese. And mm. she would, you know, pick up little pieces of paper off the floor. Someone dropped them or do little things like that without anyone noticing. And trying to sort of incorporate stuff like that into work. People really appreciate it. And um, I think it's helped definitely with my work ethic. And I'm not perfect by any means. Oh yeah, none of us are. <laughs> I am not exempt, exempt from that, but um, it definitely, I think faith is a huge part of, of my daily life and I'm sure a lot of our daily lives. And I think it, in a way, it can really help with, with work and with relationships and all that. So it's, it's been a blessing. Yeah. Well, that is, that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing all that. I mean... I totally agree as, as a Catholic myself, it is hard being separated from the sacraments. I didn't get a chance to tell you about this myself, but right now I'm actually a seminarian and oh. yeah. And I, yeah, I'm back in San Antonio, Texas right now. Uh, I go to Catholic university and live with my community, the Paulist fathers up in uh, Washington, DC. And so it's hard kind of being separated from them and being separated from the sacraments, you know? And I think that while it is hard, this, this experience has made me realize just the importance of, well, I don't think it would just made me realize the importance of them. I found them very important, but just how insane life is when you, when you can't have them, when you can't, regularly go to adoration you can't regularly receive communion go to daily mass or just sunday mass and you have to watch at home from a tv uh it's very difficult and i miss it for sure like most catholics and i i cannot wait for the day that we can be reunited as a church community in in churches 
that's beautiful that you're able to, yeah, stay connected, even, you know, with your Bible study back in San Francisco and continue to pray and just foster your own faith life. That's awesome. So Saint and I'm Matt- glad to hear you're a seminarian. We need more good priests out there, Aaron. I love it. <laughs> we do. We do. Yes. But yeah, so right now there's, you know, yeah, like you said, we're sinners, but that's still St. Madeline and St. Aaron in the making, you know? I love that. Actually, a friend of mine the other day was saying how um, she's like, this is the time where we can like learn to be saints and really get out there and make a difference in a very social distancing appropriate way. And I was like, wow, you're right. Like, this is the time. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure. And I think something that you, you touched on, which was like, in your work, you know, how yeah, at one point you were just like, well, you know, I'm just going, sorry, I can't tonight, you know, for grabbing a drink with a coworker after work to just, you know, casually bringing it up, uh, I think is beautiful. And I interned for two corporate companies here in Texas before I graduated college and then entered the seminary. And the same thing, it was just like, you know, evangelization isn't always like, hey, have you heard of Jesus Christ? You know, um, it's just being open and inviting because, I mean, God is not forceful with us. You know, he doesn't force his love upon us, but he freely gives it to us uh, and invites us into it. Yet, because of our free will, you know, we can choose not to receive it. We can choose to, you know, deny it, which I, I, we don't want to do. Um, but still, just I think that's really beautiful how you brought that up. Um, and so, yeah, here's to, to keep evangelizing just by our way of living, our way of life. That is, that is beautiful. Amen to that, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that you had said, too, is just kind of how, well, obviously, this is a terrible situation for many and the world at large. This is almost what you needed is just this way of slowing life down. And I would say that I, I too have kind of seen it as that way, almost, you know, as a blessing in disguise, really, that I was able to kind of slow things down in my life, was able to make more time for prayer, more time for others. And I think God is definitely working in this time, you know, and if you think about it, it's like, okay, people aren't able to go to work, people, you know, are having to stay home, but at the same time, still people are probably getting to spend more time with their family than they ever have really in the past because they're here, they're connected. And I just can't wait to see what beauty God brings about during this time. I can't either. And you know what? Being on runs and on walks, I've seen so many families outside on walks together and it's so healing. I think as well as like praying with a family, I think going on walks or doing something like that outside as a family is really important. And a friend of mine pointing it out um, the other day, she's like, I've never seen this many families in my neighborhood walking around. And I started to notice the same thing. And it really is a blessing in a way. It's got to be so hard on these families, especially if they're used to working. And even my brother was like, oh, the kids are driving us bonkers. <laughs> and I'm, they're just not used to it. And But in a way, they're getting used to it. And it's such a blessing for, for them all to be together and to really enjoy that family time while we have it. Because this isn't going to last forever. And we are going to sort of get back to 
probably a new normal. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, to just embrace that time God's given us to really be close with our families or even get comfortable with ourselves in isolation is definitely a blessing. And I'm excited to see what, what fruits come forth from that. Yes. Yes. And amen. Ah, oh, that's great. And so kind of Madeline, as we, as we wrap up here, I just kind of wanted to give you some space, you know, if you, if there's anything that you had wanted to talk about or anything that you wanted to maybe just say to the people at home listening, just as your experience as a nurse or as a Catholic or in whatever means, this is just the time for you. Yeah. Well, gosh, I would really say just really try to utilize this time. It's, it's a very weird, but a very special time. And we've been given this time for a reason. So you take advantage, use it to really catch up on things you've wanted to do. Um, Maybe things that are on the back burner of your to-do list. Um, Personally, I've been working on the guitar and uh, a friend of mine and I started a virtual open mic night that we're going to release on Saturday because we wanted to do a real like open mic night in someone's backyard, but now that's not possible. So we're going to give it a go on zoom and see how this goes. Um, and so I haven't really played the guitar in two years. And so I'm really getting back into it for this. And my friend has a beautiful voice, so I, I want her to use her talent. So we have been working on that. Um, and then I live alone and I'm extreme, extreme introvert. And so I've chosen a friend to be my COVID roommate. Mm. And I know maybe not everyone will agree with me on this, um, but I'm a very firm believer in through all this tough time, you need like one physical person to be there mm-hmm. with you, yeah. whether it's family or if you have another friend that lives alone, that's like the one person you see and you're both very careful. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to have that physical contact. Um, I thankfully get it at work, but I also need it in this friend. And yeah. um, so we, uh, we, we've been doing some, socially acceptable things together. We'll have movie nights or she's actually been my mass buddy. So on Sundays we, we set up the virtual mass and we've had a great time of going to churches that we've loved in our past. So childhood churches and we can sort of show each other. Um, St. Dominic's in San Francisco is one of my favorites. The brothers there are phenomenal. And um, just really having fun with that and um, really getting into, I don't know, embrace new things. I started brewing kombucha. Oh, and wow. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And it's a cheap way to drink kombucha because it's very expensive. Um, and really just taking this time to, to reach out to others that are probably going through a really tough time. Uh, make that extra phone call or that extra FaceTime or reach out to a college friend you haven't talked to in a while and see if you can get a little college, you know, Zoom group going. Yeah. Um, I think now is the time I think it'll be easier on all of us if we sort of look outside of ourselves and try to help others in any way we can that's, you know, social distancing appropriate, um, or even just going into the grocery store and really trying to smile with your eyes behind that mask. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just taking advantage of this time because I think, um, I think my friend is right. And I think uh, saints are going to be born at this time. So, yeah, well, couldn't have said it any better myself. That it, yeah, I, I applaud you. Thank you. Uh, Well, so a big thing about me is that I love film and I love TV shows. And so I know right now you're a traveling nurse who's, you know, serving the people, getting into Bible studies, putting on live uh, open mic nights over Zoom, brewing your own kombucha and running 
probably all at the same time. But are there any movies and or TV shows that you're watching right now or getting into even maybe just, yeah, with your roommate? Yes. Uh, my So my roommate really doesn't like TV. So that, that we've <laughs> we've separated on that but I am a huge movie buff and Ooh. I love movies um when I lived in LA it was phenomenal I had some friends in the industry and oh wow oh, nice it was great um right now I have two movies on Fandango now that I bought that I've been giving out my password to everyone like you have to see these movies nice. um one of them was the new Little Women oh yes I have, I have not yeah. seen it yet but yes my sister have, and mom watched it did they, did they enjoy it oh they loved it they loved oh. it yeah. I was pretty skeptical when it first came out and I wasn't really sure if they were going to throw some modern themes in there or mm. get a little political. There was maybe one little scene, but it, it, you know, you could pass over that scene pretty quick, but <laughs> for the most part, I liked it better than all the other um, additions and the acting was so strong, especially from Sorcerer Ronan, the main mm. girl. And it, especially as a woman, I know that men enjoyed it too, but it, you can connect with all of these girls in a way that is just so special. And the way they did it is just once you get past the first half hour of the jumping back and forth between time, it, you sort of catch on to the themes and you really like grow to love these women. And I would recommend that for everyone, but especially the women in these times. Um, I think it really is a, just a great, um, beautiful, um, heartwarming story of, the little things in life and really taking advantage of those things and, and doing things out of great love. Um, so I would highly recommend that one. And then there's another one. It's, you're going to laugh, but the title is called the peanut butter Falcon. Ooh. Oh, wait, is that the one with Shia LaBeouf? It is. I highly recommend it. He takes this boy with down syndrome and they go on this adventure and it, it's funny, it's sad, it's heart-wrenching. And it, I don't even think it made it to theaters. I think it was just a festival film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it, gosh, I've seen it a few times. It is phenomenal. Nice. So I would highly, highly recommend that. And then um, the third, I started watching the show, The Chosen. Mm, I've not heard of that. What is that about? So it's about Jesus and his disciples. Mm. And they really take a lot of liberty, liberty and... The stories at some point, they, they throw in biblical stories and it sort of take a loose take on all these biblical stories, but the humanity they infuse into the disciples and Jesus is something like I've never seen done before. And my mom told me to watch it and I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever, mom, some other Thanks, mom. Go, right? Yeah. And but then all of a sudden friends started to tell me to watch it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it a try if my friends are enjoying it. And it's free. There's an app you can watch it on. And they, they are asking for donations because they're not getting paid to make this TV show at this time because mm-hmm. of everything going on. And, and um, it's on YouTube to start. And then it like, can direct you to the app to watch the rest of it. Um, but it, it, it's very interesting. I've been really enjoying just Jesus's humanity in the show. And um, some of it's, you know, really relevant to today and, and uh, what's going on now. So I, I would recommend that show too. Nice. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh those are some some great picks so i'll have to i'll have to hopefully check out all of them sometime soon definitely yeah i know i know for me um one thing i'm very excited about as a basketball fan like yourself is michael jordan's last dance documentary that's coming i heard out. 
Yeah, I, I haven't watched, the, I believe the first episode just aired last night, last sun, this Sunday, and my family recorded it, and I think my dad and I are definitely going to get into that, so I'm oh excited. Gosh, I'm going to have to see if maybe the family will get together, we'll watch all about Michael Jordan. I mean, we're from Chicago, too. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Michael Jordan fans, yeah. Yeah, ah, nice, nice. Well, yeah, something, something else to be on the lookout for. So, definitely, wow. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Well, Madeline, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you once again, not only for making the time to, to come on here and to talk with me about these subject matters, but just again, for your work and all that you do and just being the best you that you can be. So thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. Yes. All right. Well, from us here, sheltering in place, quarantining, everyone stay safe and we'll catch you next time.